Hey everybody, welcome to Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Every week, right down the middle. Uh, this week we watched 2020's Vanguard from director Stanley Tong on Hulu, rated PG-13. Before we dive into the specifics of Vanguard, you watch anything good this week, Ringo? Uh, I watched The Great. I watched uh, a couple episodes of The Great. I don't know how close we are to finishing it, but uh, this, this season uh, hasn't let us down yet. That's the one about Catherine the Great? Yep. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. You should yeah, go watch it. it. I watched the first episode. Uh, I'm not going to be watching any more of it. Depressing. So. I mean, right. I, well, so I didn't think any of the show was particularly great, but also there <laughs> is a certain part of me where I'm not going to watch a show where in the first episode the female protagonist gets physically abused. I think I'll pass. Good point, yeah. Touche. The, yeah, this week... <laughs> HBO Max updated to just Max, and now all of their Food Network and HGTV shows are on Max. And so I've been watching Chopped and House Hunters and a little bit of Property Brothers. So my week has been delightful. Nice. Nice. It is crazy to go back and watch early seasons of Chopped. One, because you could tell they had a budget of like $4 for everything that wasn't the show itself. The graphics are... The graphics are PowerPoint transitions. Like, I'm not even joking. They take a shot of the four chefs, and then at the end, they just, like, slide transition two of them out of the shot, and they're like, now <laughs> these two are competing. And Aron Sanchez looks so young in, in the very beginning. Like, obviously he is. I think it's 2009 when that show first airs. But, man, he looks so young compared to the guy you see on, like, MasterChef, etc. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. And a little bit of that might be that I believe it was filmed in SD, so everybody looks a little bit different. Yeah, but yeah, you can also tell that in the beginning on Chop, they took it easy on the cont- well, maybe not easy, but they had the idea that these contestants were going to make dishes with the ingredients mm-hmm. they gave, and they wanted those dishes to make sense because they're like they're like your ingredients are like blueberries, honey, pancake batter, and bacon, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, things you might actually be able to make a dish out of. We're we're not at the point yet where it's just like your ingredients are three of your own body parts, you get to pick, and some ginger. Apparently Dude, that comes up later in the that comes up later in the show. You gave me some ginger. I could go ahead and make a a really nice drink with that. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I don't really want your like pinky toe, pinky toe, pinky finger ginger ale. Like I'm I'm gonna pass on that. Why not? That's like a speciality in this house, man. Come on. <laughs> how how is it a special? How many pinkies do you have? Well, I'm down to my last one. I gotta go back to the store and get some more. <laughs> don't. Okay, if you're going to a store that sells pinkies, don't go to that store. But they have discounts, man. They, of, of course they do. <laughs> is it an actual store, or is it some somebody's car that has store we, painted on the side? I, I signed an NDA to not, to not <laughs> expressly talk about who or where I get these things from, but they give me a discount. It's one of our D&D group members, isn't it? Maybe. I knew it. I, I'm not saying nothing but chat, <clears throat> <laughs> All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> so, like I said, this week we watched 2020's Vanguard from director Stanley Tong on Hulu, rated PG-13. Covert security company Vanguard is the last hope of survival for an accountant after he is targeted by the world's deadliest mercenary organization. Starring Jackie Chan as Tang Hu Ling. Yang Yang as Lei Zenyu, Lu Lunai as Zhang, and Miyamuki as Mia. 
This film got a 29% critical rating and 59% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It runs an hour and 47 minutes long. It feels like it runs somewhere between like two to four hours because of pacing, but we'll get into that in just a moment. Synopsis-wise, we start off seeing Chin, the aforementioned accountant, being kidnapped by the Iron Wolves, the aforementioned deadliest mercenary gang in the world. They don't live up to that role, but whatever. This triggers Vanguard, an elite protection service, to go rescue him. We then find out that they're off after Chin's daughter, which takes us to Africa. There we meet Farida, an animal activist influencer who somehow only has a photographer and a pet lion with her out in Africa. One thing leads to another, and eventually we're saving an aircraft carrier in Dubai from a terrorist attack. Yes, it is in fact a mess. So going into this, I'll say right off the bat, Rotten Tomatoes lied to us a little bit. Just a little bit. This wasn't a negative for either one of us, but Rotten Tomatoes lists this film uh, as the original language is English. I would say that the original language of this movie is Mandarin. Most of the important dialogue is done in Mandarin. And so if you're somebody who absolutely hates subtitles and you don't speak Mandarin, do not watch this movie. This is just not for you. You can uh, go back to our Pound of Flesh episode. You're going to hear some of the same critiques there, but you can stop right here because you there is nothing I can say that will change your mind. So just be aware that while there is English and a little bit of Arabic in this movie, for the most part, it is in fact in Mandarin. And like I said, if you're if you're not a subtitle person, don't even bother. Yeah, I uh, I fully agree with you. Honestly, going into this, I thought that we were going to have a lot more English going on, and then the next thing I know, I was like, that's not English. I'm glad I threw on um, subtitles before we got into the movie, because um, that was surprising. Uh, I know we you discussed. Know... Oh, good. Uh, I know I know that we had discussed it, and you, you and I both looked at IMDb, and IMDb was like, it's an English movie. Which, I mean, whatever, it's, I'm not really, you know, bothered yeah. by it. So, like, I mean, I guess a little bit, like, behind baseball here, or, like, uh, behind the scenes, but I guess inside baseball was the analogy I'm looking for, not behind baseball. <laughs> Uh, inside baseball but when we go looking for our movies we purposely don't review foreign movies mostly because we don't want to make the mistake of saying something dumb like oh the plot doesn't make any sense but we just saw a movie that happened to have a bad english dub or sub job and therefore we miss stuff so normally on the show even though there are a lot of foreign films on there that both look interesting and fit our metrics we don't review them but between the two of us in our free time on our non-podcast time, we definitely enjoy foreign films. We watch all kinds of stuff, Korean, French, etc. It doesn't really bother us. It's just if we're putting forward a product, we would like to make sure we got it. And I will say that we definitely suffered a little bit of this here. There were definitely jokes that were clearly set up to be jokes, but because of either it's a bad translation or it's just a joke that doesn't translate well in English in general. There are definitely a few that fell flat. I don't really hold that against the movie. That's just something that, that happens when you get in these situations. And I, I do like this movie as kind of like a case in point of why I don't pick like full Spanish, full French, full Chinese movies to review because we don't want to, we don't want to run into this a lot where we just sit in here and be like, the joke sucked. You know, but it's just because they're not supposed to be told in English or the translator was just being lazy and they were just like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. And uh, as, you know, someone as an American who's traveled a little bit, but only ever been technically outside of the country once, I'm not really that experienced when it comes to uh, other cultures and how they, they interact with, say, Americans or like chinese and and arabic interactions like we dealt with in the movie so that you know having that conversation with you i'm glad that you've dealt with it because when i pointed that out 
what was it? The conversation between uh, Tang and the uh, the security guard in Dubai. Oh yeah, the Dubai police chief. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's normal. And I was like, really? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's not a particularly like uncommon thing, right? You, you could actually just hear it here in America, right? Like, somebody says, like, oh, I speak X language because my wife is from country that speaks that language, or my my husband is from country that speaks that language, and somebody else would be like, oh, you know, they must be great. I think there's a similar joke uh, in my big fat Greek wedding where you know, like, oh, he's Greek. Oh, that's fine. Something along those lines, right? Where, mm. but it's not, it's not uncommon, right? It's, it's something that. Americans don't think of doing because our our reputation internationally has really taken a beating over the last like 70 <laughs> years deservedly so I don't think we can really you know point to anything and be like no uh when people are like hey your citizens are fat and there's a lot of gun violence we can't be like no you because it's true <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just it's something that people from other cultures i mean it's not always and obviously no culture is monolith but it is definitely a kind of like exchange i've heard before it's definitely something that people do and like i said a lot of times it's almost always something that you just say out of politeness to kind of keep somebody happy or butter them up in some way mm. uh, i definitely when we were in morocco we definitely had heard like oh american you know california oh what a beautiful land and that was almost always followed by like look at my shop so <laughs> it's not obviously in this movie they were kind of like oh your wife i bet she's beautiful please let us have guns <laughs> you know like so it it's it serves its purpose but yeah there's definitely there's also an element of that right i, I don't i'm not an expert on all world cultures and interactions i don't think anybody really is but i'm certainly not while i'm a little bit more well traveled than ringo i'm certainly not like a world expert on how everything works so again why we don't necessarily pick foreign films but enough yeah. about why we don't do things let's talk about why we watch this shit we watch this shit because it looked like a cool action movie and i don't know about you but i've watched quite a few jackie chan movies in my day i got my introduction i think along with most americans with rumble in the bronx which is an all-time classic it's a lot of fun and it introduces us to something that unfortunately isn't very prevalent in this movie when you watch jackie chan movies especially the early days they are relatively serious like kind of tongue-in-cheek but not really action movies with jackie chan's signature style of action where he is doing cool moves doing his martial arts and you know always like he did a little bit in this movie but you know like he hits his hand and he shakes his hand in the middle of a fight scene showing you like an action hero who's not afraid to be a little bit goofy in a way he's doing the physical comedy version of what marvel dialogue does for those movies right the little quippy one-liners that are incessant in marvel movies the the Jackie Chan like handshakes and weird faces, like when he punches a paint can and like, you know, like, Oh, and makes like big eyes and like, you know, <laughs> like crosses his eyes a little bit. That's like a, that's like, you know, the physical comedy version of like, of like they fly now or whatever, you know? So that works for him. And there, it, it's prevalent as well. You watch rush hour. It's there. You watch rumble in the Bronx. It's there. You watch first strike. It's there. This movie didn't have it as much. It's because, and it's because, you know, Jackie Chan, for being the first build person, was not in as much of the action as the other characters were. The, especially Yang Yang, really got a lot of time focused on his fighting. 
Jackie Chan was more playing like the old mentor role who only went into the field when it was absolutely necessary, which yeah. this entire movie, except for like the first two scenes were apparently absolutely necessary for him to get in there. So I feel like already it set me up for a little bit of disappointment by doing that because I, I guess I haven't been keeping up with Jackie Chan movies. I, I really do think the last one I saw was rush hour two, three, maybe rush hour three. Uh, I think I'm but, with you on that, but yeah, th- that was, that was years ago. And that was also a movie that was, you know, him starring with Chris Tucker and made for an American audience with American sensibilities and expectations of Jackie Chan. I don't really know, again, what he's been doing since then. I haven't been keeping up. And so seeing him as an old man, I didn't expect him to be doing like crazy flips. And I'm saying old man, he's probably like in his 50s, maybe early 60s. So it's not like he's the crib keeper, but <laughs> he's... He's not without his signature brand of comedy, but doing the same style of fight scenes that he's done in the past. The movie actually feels like like it's missing something. And that's too bad. If the fight scenes feel like they're missing something, the rest of this movie doesn't hold up because the rest of this movie feels like a boring slog of nonsense just the whole way through. I can forgive bad plot in a lot of action movies because like we mentioned in pound of flesh, the plot has to be paper thin for an action movie really to work, right? This movie starts off on the right foot. These guys kidnapped our client and now they're after his daughter. And that is, that's it. That's actually mostly the plot of taken, but that's it. This that's, that's all I need for an action movie plot. I a love story. Fine. Whatever, throw it in there. Don't, I don't really care, but this movie then decided like, oh, I bet people just won't be satisfied with a fight between Vanguard and the Iron Wolves, the deadliest mercenary gang in the world who don't manage to kill a single member of Vanguard. But when when we start getting further into the plot after they go to Africa, then we we lose the girl in a – did they go over the waterfall and then lose the girl or does she get taken somewhere else? So there's a, there's a whole thing in the middle here, right? I, we – we haven't even remotely touched on it, but uh, Farida has a Jeep that turns into a boat that apparently <laughs> just, just, and, it, and nobody talks about it. Like it's a weird thing. Like not one single person reacts thinking, you know, Oh wow, that's crazy. I can't believe you have this amphibious Jeep. She just pushes the boat button and like <laughs> the tires turn sideways and a motorboat start. And you're just like, this is Whoa. unbelievable. Considering, considering every other vehicle that chased after her fell into the same river. Cause this happened twice. It happened mm-hmm. twice in that, like, I don't know, three-year scene that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened twice, and each vehicle that followed her over whatever edge or into the river ended up falling in and just drowning. <laughs> it just, poof, gone. No more vehicle. Yeah. I'm surprised All... it didn't explode. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, that would have that would have been on par with this movie, I think. Which, uh, real quick, Jackie Chan is 69 years old. Nice. Oh, nice nice good on him he looks great for 69 yeah he does and i mean that in every way (laughs) (laughs) but yeah this this movie's a mess uh i think you'd agree with me on this right Ringo? um i mean i can tell you right now uh i i know i watched the movie but it's like everything that you've been bringing up i'm like i remember that but it's like kind of there it's kind of like when you like when you wake up and you try to remember a dream you're like i can <laughs> kind of remember the dream you know i i remember enjoying this movie but now that we're three days from when i watched it i'm kind of like did i watch it 
I'm gonna Did I watch take this movie? clips of this and deep fake you. So it's just like I remember sixty nine Jackie Chan for three days. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. gonna be our TikTok. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> watch, that'll be the one that uh, that gets us famous. I'll get you famous. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to open up an OnlyFans. <laughs> to do what? Not 69 I, I, Jackie Chan? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll maybe come up with something. Actually, I mean, I feel like maybe some of these OnlyFans kind of run on the gym model, right? Where it's just like mm-hmm. you sign up and then like you forget to unsub. So people just keep paying, you know, four ninety five, and you've completely transitioned. You're not doing any pornographic content. You're just, <laughs> you're just sitting there talking about stuff. You're like, yeah, this week I hit my thumb with a hammer. That was a huge bummer. Anyway, thanks for the $5. Just, I'm just going to start uploading our podcast <laughs> to OnlyFans. Yeah. Four ninety five a month, you get an exclusive podcast. <laughs> Please don't search for it anywhere else. <laughs> this this actually probably makes me laugh a lot more than the than the movie did. Don't get me wrong; I remember laughing about this movie, but yeah, ultimately, I think that I with like like you and I discussed prior to this, the the movie just kept upping uh, uh upping it is like every scene was just something a little bit more extensive than the last so you you forget about the last scene and you don't get a chance to go ahead and like process and i think that was the 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 issue that we ran into is because it's like oh gunfight like we're fighting lions now we're having another gunfight but with miniguns now we're having another gunfight with gold cars and now we have a drone shooting at at ships um when do I have time to process any of these? And there's a break in between each of those. There was a break, but the break was like, what the fuck am I watching? Well, and like, I think the other part, the other thing this movie suffers from, like we, like we mentioned, it it keeps upping the stakes, but in an unnecessary way. So Mm -hmm. you see after they go to Africa and meet Farida, the daughter, then the I, I don't remember exactly how it happens because there's a lot going on in this movie and it just slipped my brain. But the father gives himself up for capture. Oh, wait, no. So she gets captured and then he gets captured and gives himself up for her. And so yeah. she goes free and the father is taken. The The terrorist army wants the father because he allegedly knows where a bunch of money is. Then they do this kind of big speech and they being Jackie Chan and the Vanguard crew do a speech about how we will be victorious. This is our finest hour, yada, yada, yada. Really kind of like the typical psych up movie. You know, it's the the Braveheart, you know, they can never take our freedom type moment. Uh, And they then go to attack this fortress in the middle of another country with weapons that I don't think you can just get into other countries. But whatever, I this movie has too many issues for me to just focus on the nitpicks. The the movie then goes and shows us this long negotiation scene between Jackie Chan and Vanguard and the, the terrorist group where I actually started getting confused because they dressed all the people, the same people are wearing like similar camo, similar outfit. I wasn't sure who I was rooting for. Sometimes I'm like, (laughs) Oh, Oh wait, is that, is that our sniper? Like I couldn't (laughs) remember. And after that, there's a big long action scene. They escape, but the dad doesn't escape with them. And so I'm thinking, like, wait, so is there going to be more to this movie? And of course there is. Of course there's going to be more to this movie. I thought that that was the end because it started feeling like the end. They even have one of the main characters get shot 
and then revived doing that fucking annoying action movie cliche where the thing my kid gave me saved my life you know Ugh. Well, he didn't he didn't just get shot he also got a building dropped on him yeah and then thankfully you know the the treatment for uh trauma from collapsing buildings and impact from gunshot wounds is cpr while crying that actually works every time i mean uh, you did that to me last week and it worked well, I mean, like, there'd be a lot more people if, if EMTs would just cry, then people would just come back from, from clearly deadly wounds. I'm going to yeah, start offering the... a class. <laughs> How to cry? Yeah. <laughs> is this going to be on your OnlyFans as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the OnlyFans. <laughs> How to cry. Step one. Think of a really sad commercial. <laughs> but yeah, so the stakes were already high enough and then they raised them even more and they start talking about this WMD. And this is when we get introduced to the, the next like subplot. And it, it just feels like somebody should have stepped in. There are eight production companies involved in this leading to a minute and a half of logos in the beginning, but there are eight production companies involved in this movie. Apparently none of them were involved in the CGI because the CGI looks like shit all the way through, <laughs> but none of them stepped in and said, Hey, I think that's enough. Let's just expand on this one area. But instead, they were like, bro, yes, we can do one more scene. Yeah, we can do Dubai. Solid gold cars? You got it. What What if we make them bulletproof? And so, yeah, the whole, the whole movie feels like it drags, even though it's a lot of really nice fight scenes for the most part, because everything that isn't in a fight scene feels like... It feels like it was added afterwards. Like they filmed mm-hmm. all the fight scenes and then they realized, oh shit, we need a plot. And I personally would have been perfectly happy if this movie had just had title cards with text on them explaining the plot and filling me in on any like key dialogue and then showing me the next fight scene. Because honestly, I I – I pretty much felt that way during the movie the whole time. I was like, this is just like, I'm being forced to watch a scene because the people making this movie thought it needed a scene. You, you know, I'm thinking about it and I have a feeling that with all the, uh, the companies that were working on this, I bet you it was too many cooks in the kitchen. So nobody stepped up to go ahead and say anything about it. So it was just, you know, the director was allowed to go ahead and do whatever or whoever it was that greenlit. Hey, let's go ahead and just keep stepping it up to make this movie even, even more. Uh, Maybe. Stanley Tong is a pretty well-known director. Uh, he's got uh, 15 movies under his belt, and I believe several of them are the Police Story series with – oh, no, Super Cop. That's what it is – with Jackie Chan as well as he did Rumble in the Bronx and First Strike. So mm. he he's definitely like – it could be very much a situation like a MGM versus Steven Spielberg type thing. Where, you know, like MGM can say what they want, but Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg. So, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know enough about the production companies or Stanley Tong to know if that's the way it works, but it just feels like that. It feels like there nobody stepped up and it's possible. You're right. Like everybody else was expecting everybody else to say no. And then nobody said no because they were expecting that. Yeah. They probably could have gone ahead and done the whole the accountant has all this information and uh the Wolf Brigade, that's who it was. The Wolf Brigade just wants the accountant, so they're going to go ahead and use Farida. You could have left it at that and had like a, a pretty decent action movie. We didn't have to go ahead and have this weird, oh, the USS Carrier destroyed my my father, who was um, a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, my father was a bad guy, so I'm going to start buying WMDs, and the WMD I'm going to buy is uh, a 13-year-old's 
drone that has a couple bottle rockets on it. Yeah, and also for <laughs> for a WMD, it seriously seems like it's one tiny use would be something like this, and then it would be over. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the impression that there were more of these. No. So I'm I don't know. Well, so the guy who sold it to the to the uh, the bad guy said, "Oh, once you launch, it will move. It, it, it launches so fast that nothing can stop it." And yet, the USS Carrier's uh, drone system—what's what, the the name for it? the the minigun that they have on, on the mm-hmm. drone ship—shot down all but two of the rockets, and the two rockets injured fifteen people. They yeah, injured well, so- fifteen people and didn't kill anybody. I think what he meant, though, is that it deploys too fast, right? So by the time that system comes online, the rockets will already be striking because it's not mm. detected beforehand. That's what I thought he meant. So that's why the whole idea was like, we got to warn the U.S. military. And then as soon as they did, like, they just happened to warn them right as the thing was – I don't know. It became a whole thing. My yeah. thought is that regardless of how small your thing is, I don't think the U.S. is in the the habit of letting – small craft get so close to their ships to launch things at them like no. my thought was like this thing's already a little too close that yeah. an aircraft carrier is certainly not going to certainly not going to let something that small get that close to it without you know somebody going over and being like hey what's on your fucking boat mm-hmm. or definitely like chasing them off i i it it didn't work it was an odd way to go ahead and end it. And I, I think that it was yeah. interesting that they were calling it a WMD. Cause I'm like, it literally like you could get a better effect from attaching a bottle rocket to a drone. Yeah. Well, and also it's not what we think of. When we think of a WMD. I thought it was going to be a thing where they were going to launch a bunch of like nerve gas or something. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like the rock. And then you're, you have to deal with, you know, the fallout from this, but also stopping them for, so they could ever do it again and maybe doing like a little bit of a Dr. Evil thing. Like, we'll do it again if you don't pay us a billion dollars. And you're, <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, OK, like I see where they're going with this. But their WMD, like you said, was basically like some fireworks attached to a, like a homemade drone. Yeah. And it just didn't like once you use it, it's, it's done. It's gone. So oh, God, it felt weird to me. And I didn't I, I didn't need it at all. And it was called Flash Mob. Yeah, it was called Flash Mob, which is, I guess, like, you don't even see it coming before it's too late. But it also makes it sound like Flash Mobs are somehow sinister instead of just annoying. But yeah, I I regret that I remember that it's called Flash Mob now. (laughs) And now you'll never forget. I'll never forget. You're going to forget by next week. Probably. Once we watch the next movie and I'm like, hey, this movie is better or extremely worse. Yeah. Once once I'm like, hey, this movie is insert reaction here. I'll forget about this (laughs) one. I will say that despite the language barrier, et cetera, there was one joke that made me laugh uh, pretty good. There was a scene where the guy, you know, dies and then gets CPR back to life. And when he wakes oh, up, God. he asks his friend, did you just kiss me? And his friend, <laughs> like, you know, kind of cry laughs. And he's like, I'm all yours. And <laughs> that made me laugh. I was like, <laughs> that sounds like some shit I'd say, you know? Yeah, that was <laughs> that was good. I, I got a good chuckle out of that. But yeah, even then. Language barrier aside, the dialogue is is flat and unpredicting or un unconvincing, not unpredicting. Um, and I feel like if you had taken all of the dialogue and kind of condensed it down to its most most necessary forms, you could have trimmed about fifteen to twenty minutes off this movie, made a tighter movie, and it would have been more fun. Agreed. And 
it reminded me a lot of like the last Jackie Chan movie I saw that wasn't an American made movie where I kind of realized like, I don't really like this movie anymore. And it was first strike, which was also directed by Stanley Tong. That movie ends with a hovercraft chase, like a 2003 hovercraft. So basically a big inflatable with a fan. It's not very good. And it suffers from the same problem that this one does, which is that it's over long. The plot is over. And then they add a little bit of extra plot. And so that being the case, it's hard for me to recommend this movie. I think even if you are an action fan, you're better off going and finding something else. The only reason I would recommend it is if you are really, really into either Jackie Chan or like Kung Fu martial arts movies in general, then there's not a lot out there that fills this void at such a scale, right? Because those movies aren't really popular in the West right now. There's not a lot that have the budget that this has and and can do the effects that this does that are also focused around, you know, Kung Fu martial arts in the same style, right? There are movies out there like like Pit Fighter and stuff like that, where it is more about like closer like MMA and like single duels and stuff like that. And you, of course, have the the action movies that the West loves where they're mostly just dudes walking through punching guys and shooting guys. But there's not a lot of movies out here that have this vibe. So if this this type of movie is generally for you. You could do worse, but if you're just an action movie fan looking for an action movie, there are definitely other movies out there. This is, this is for that niche only. Yeah. Well, and if this had leaned more into the, the romance side of things, I would definitely go ahead and suggest that if you're like my wife, my wife likes uh, to watch a lot of Chinese uh, and Asian uh, romance recently especially if they have yang yang in it i believe yang yang is one of her uh more favorite uh actors from from china uh this one doesn't have enough romance in it for me to even suggest it to my wife i don't think she would enjoy this however if you do believe that birds are fake like i do birds are not real they are a government plant this movie proves it the birds are fake i'm cutting all that damn it They do. Uh, jo- oh, good. <laughs> joking, joking aside, the I, I think that yeah, I agree with you that this is not really good for. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to really enjoy this. Not over on the western side, at least. Not yeah. unless you're really into Jackie Chan. Like you absolutely have to watch everything that Jackie Chan puts out. Yeah, and one well, if that's the case, then you saw the tuxedo, so you've already seen the worst he could do because that movie <laughs> is fucking awful. Uh, I don't know who decided Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt should be in a movie together, but that's that's not the combo I would have picked. But yeah, so we can't really avoid talking about it because this is something that pretty much every review comments on. I didn't get a strong sense of propaganda from this movie, but if you're somebody who is sensitive to the idea that things from other places are propaganda either against America or for that other place. This movie also won't do it for you. Uh, Pretty much every review I found mentions the propaganda angle. I suppose there is kind of this idea that the Vanguard crew has all this advanced technology and that stuff that the U S doesn't have, but that's not displayed anywhere. And if the idea is like just showing like how good Chinese soldiers are, well then, I mean, you can't really be upset with them for doing that because America has been doing that for, you know, 50, 50 years. Saving Private Ryan is basically like, look how good American soldiers are. And that won mm-hmm. Academy Awards. So I think like 
people talk about propaganda. The closest thing I can see to anything that looks really like like amazingly propagandist is like kind of the zoom in handshake between Jackie Chan and the police of the Dubai, uh, the chief of police of Dubai, where you if you're reading it a certain way you could say like this is some sort of statement on the future cooperation of china and the middle east and cutting out the u.s but i think you're stretching at that point and i think a lot of these reviews are stretching i think outside of the reviews that are obviously from a biased source because there's always a couple of those right when you go to like you know freedommovies.com you're probably going to get a certain take uh and Audience reviews are mixed, you know, the same way that you could listen to the show and not necessarily agree with us uh, about everything or think that we're morons. So there's always going to be that. But I don't know. I think mostly critics are being oversensitive to it. I do wonder if that's partly because this movie came out in 2020 at a time where we had a lot of time to think. And there was definitely a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment due to a certain person who shall remain nameless sitting in a position of power saying things about covid that were just uh untrue so i i do wonder if that was part of what drove people but i've definitely seen worse propaganda in other movies so if there is propaganda either one it completely worked on me and i am now like (laughs) changing my mind subliminally or two it's it's just not there so um i I have to go ahead and pull from spectral anyone that says that this movie is is propaganda is reaching you you need to come in here and prove it i i don't uh, the the propaganda at best was milk toast, and for anyone that's saying that it's propaganda for China is, is reaching, in my opinion, because it really didn't come off as propaganda. It just came off as a Chinese play type movie, honestly. And I've watched a few of the my wife's romances, and they all come, they all play similar to this. See, so you always say you watch these romances because of your wife. I don't buy it. I think as well, soon as we turn this off, you're like, dude, it is time for a rom-com. Falling in love too. this time a hotel. I've got to make sure you don't come over to watch it with me because <laughs> then I got to share my popcorn. I see. And the nachos. Oh, and that's... Well, now, now I'm definitely coming over there. I'm turning into a spectral ghost as we speak. I'm going to use one of these cool hoverboards that they have in this movie, <laughs> which quick little side note about that. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent i could i looked this up and i couldn't find a answer that made sense to me but that's not because it's not out there it's because i'm dumb but i don't think you can go 60 miles an hour plus on a hoverboard without like destroying your body like i don't think you can be in the open air like that like standing up vertical and having the wind like slap you with a like basically a jet strapped to your feet and they were they were clearly going i mean i think up to 100 miles an hour because they were chasing these cars all over Dubai. And I I don't know. That that bothered me when I saw it. Because I thought it was like, that's a huge tactical advantage. They don't use it. Like two dudes on hoverboards with grenade launchers would have pretty much solved a lot of these scenes where they're being chased. But also, it didn't make sense. I was like, I think that if somebody could stand up to speeds like that. But then, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're perfectly fine. If somebody out there knows, comment. Let me know that I'm dumb and tell me that you could survive that. So I just I just looked up the uh, the water hoverboards that I that I know about because I don't know if there are actual like flying hoverboards, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm you know I'm not an engineer or smart or scientist or anything like that. But for the water hoverboards, you can go about 16 miles an hour. I don't know if you can go faster than that. It just I it feels like that's 
you're going to blow yourself up. You're going to turn into like a pink mist all over the road. Yeah. Like what happens if one of those dudes hits a bird or hitting a, hitting an insect? Honestly, if you hit an insect, that's going to go ahead and blind you for a second. And if you lose control, what's going to stop you if you hit the ground? Well, no, but I mean, like they're wearing their little helmets with their visors. There's at least that, but it's just in general, right? Like you think like you're whipping around the city, you're going to duck out of a, the way of a pigeon, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a technology that could be defeated by the most common bird in the world. Like this would lose immediately in like New York or San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I think a seagull, or, I think a seagull murders you, right? They have big old beaks yeah. and that, that would go right through your little leather jumpsuit. Anyway, I'm just, uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was irritated that they introduced this technology, <laughs> didn't use it. And it didn't make sense. I was kind of yeah. like, this is, ugh. That's that's how the the movie played out was they they had the perfect answer that didn't make sense for everything. But I mean, like it didn't make sense. I don't think it should work. But also, it doesn't make sense that they don't use it. It's not like yeah. if they had said something like we have this hoverboard, but it, it's experimental. It only can fly for like ten minutes or something, right? Sure. That makes sense to me. That means you have to deploy it only when you think it's going to give you an advantage, right? Yeah. So you it have to like set. Yeah, well, so like, you know, you do like the whole synchronize the watches when this countdown hits zero, start the hoverboard, pop up with your sniper rifle, shoot the guy and then fly away. Right. Because you have 10 minutes. Right. Or they could have been like, yeah, we've never tested it at a speed past X or at a height past X. So we don't know what could happen. But that was never talked about. It was just like, oh, by the way, we basically have flying soldiers. Uh, We won't we won't use them. Because even though they would easily solve at least two of the situations that we find ourselves in, we're not going to solve them like that because then there wouldn't be any drama or gravitas. And for a world renowned security company like Vanguard is supposed to be, apparently they hire a bunch of war heroes, but none of them were tactic or tacticians. So I don't know. It bothered me the whole time. I, I thought (laughs) much, much like the rebel Alliance in star Wars, their tactics are garbage. And so I was, I don't know. I was well, I was frustrated by that. Yeah, but well they didn't they compounded, didn't use the stuff that they had. Yeah, one compounded by the fact that the movie just kept going. <laughs> but speaking of keeping going and going, I know you and I could go on for a while about this, but let's just restate my recommendation, skip it unless you're a massive Jackie Chan fan. Your recommendation Go watch Spectral. Go watch Spectral. I agree with that. The only thing I can that I could add is um yeah, just Go go watch the Jackie Chan uh, animated kids show if you want Jackie Chan. Go watch Rush oh. Hour. Don't 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 watch this. I can I can co-sign on that. That animated show was great. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, that's it for streaming Wasteland this week. Thank you guys for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe. Uh, in the comments, tell us if you like Jackie Chan movies or. Etc. Etc. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on YouTube. Even though YouTube is just our TikToks uploaded to YouTube, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us. I think that's it. Oh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, and also, this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are available. So, please follow those of you who listen every week. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And uh, that's it for this week. Say goodbye, Ringo. Bye, Ringo.